The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In order to thrive in today's competitive business market, you need to constantly adapt to change and shift your business paradigm. Welcome to Business Reinvention with host Nancy Lynn for insights on emerging trends that could impact the future of your business. This hour will have you listening to and thinking like the innovative business leaders of today. Now, here's your host, Nancy Lynn. Hi, welcome to the Business Reinvention Show. Every week, we share thought-provoking ideas from different industries so that you can connect the dots and stay innovative and competitive. Well, things are heating up in the virtual reality space with uh, quite a bit of acquisition activities, in case you haven't noticed yet. Facebook acquired Oculus for $2 billion in 2014. Oculus is the company that makes the Rift virtual reality headset. A lot of people were surprised by the move at that time, but by the following year, Apple also bought an augmented reality startup called Mateo. And soon after that, Google announced its plans to develop accessible virtual reality tools. Even smartphone companies like Samsung and HTC are also getting into the act. Well, virtual reality has been around for decades um, as a gaming technology, so why the sun surge in interest in this area in, you know, from different uh, big players from different industries? What's the trend telling us? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Aaron Hilton, executive chairman and co-founder of Conquer Mobile, is here with us today. He began his career in technology at a young age of 15 and had worked for EA, Disney, and several other companies before starting his own, which focuses on mobile apps and medical simulations. Also joining us is Patrice Hall, Senior Marketing Strategist at Markson Labs. The company is an innovator in virtual reality, as well as augmented reality product visualization for sales and marketing purposes. Patrice and Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Hi. Nice to Hi. meet you. It's great to have you. Um, all right. First question first. Why? <laughs> why is all of a sudden so much interest in virtual reality? Um, Aaron, what's going on? I think that we're uh, having kind of a renaissance with virtual reality um, driven by a bunch of factors. Um, mostly it's been uh, born out of all this mobile technology. So mobile tech from... Um, cell phone carriers, they've, they've managed to miniaturize uh, LCD screens and create fancy new screen technologies like OLED screens. Um, they've gotten the pixel resolutions to incredibly high levels, um, and they're power efficient. And so all of these things are kind of made uh, it possible to create a, a headset or a, a virtual reality display device um, possible. Mm, very interesting. And I think some of the critical patterns are also expiring. Is that also a contributing factor here? Yeah. So what's interesting is that it, when Oculus did their Kickstarter, um, Palmer Lucky, he, I, don't, I don't know if he was just brilliant in timing or if it was just coincidental, but um, when he did his Kickstarter and had his massive success with uh, the Oculus and getting the DK2, or DK1 uh, produced, um, it just happened to coincide with the timing of one of the original patents for head-mounted displays expiring. So that's interesting. That kind of opened the runway for him to um, you know, create a, a product that would be uh, groundbreaking and not be hindered by any sort of legal process. Mm. So what else? Um, I mean, what other technologies are going into virtual reality products? So there's a... Also, some of the core things you need for virtual reality to be really usable is um, something that lets you reach out and grab um, virtual objects. So you need a representation of hands. And you also need to have something else where 
when you move your head around, you need to carefully measure how much your head has moved. You need to be really precise about it, and you need to be uh, very quick about it. You need to be able to uh, feed that uh, information back so that you don't get any sort of sense of motion sickness. Uh, so these these technologies have all just converged on the market at once. Um, we've got all kinds of tech from um, these different makers, and and one of the the leading ones that seemed promising was the uh, Six Sense Stem System, and it's a magnetic tracker that was really early in the game, um, and it's coming along pretty nicely. But then we've had uh, Valve, um, who made video games come up with a radically new approach to um, cost-effectively tracking your location with Lighthouse. And that those kinds of technologies coming on market is essential to having a really good VR experience. Mm, very interesting. And, and of course, that's, uh, there's also 3D printing technology, and as you already mentioned, um, the sensor technology. But what is a Lighthouse technology? Very quickly. <laughs> So Lighthouse is brilliant in that it's really simple. Um, it's, uh, it broadcasts uh, a beam of light um, as a, like a light plane, uh, and, it, and it passes this wave of light across the room. So it's basically a laser um, doing, you know, like how you have these like level measures and you see a, a line on the wall from your level and it kind of shows you where it's like proper level if you want to position something. Yeah, kind of like you, a laser type of. Yeah, so it's like, a, like one of those laser lines, except it sweeps that laser line across the room and it does it uh, over and over again really fast. And because you have a known time it takes to sweep across the room, you can then calculate the positions of things relative to that lighthouse. So it's called lighthouse because it's kind of like a lighthouse sweeping its beam of light across uh, the ocean. But uh, in this case, it's a lighthouse for positioning your um, head-mounted display and your hand trackers. The cool thing about this is you can put just two lighthouses on opposing corners of your room, and that's enough to give you uh, an accurate positioning uh, no matter which way you're facing. Uh, so that's really cool. It's cost-effective, really cheap, dumb, works. Very amazing. Um, so for Shuis, I came across a survey that talks about um, the consumer interest in purchase, and it puts the number at about 32% of consumers uh, being interested in buying virtual reality headset. Um, are you surprised by the report? No, I would say that consumer interest has grown a lot in the last year. And when more and more of the technologies, when the Oculus Rift is out in, uh, in early 2016, when a lot more of these devices reach the consumer market, uh, that number will, will really increase. Mm. As people start to see, you know, in the next six months, people will have someone on your block will have one. And within the next 12 to 18 months, you know, a lot of people, you know, will have them. Well, so I mentioned uh, Facebook has made inroad into virtual reality space. Um, so I'm curious, how far are we from having, uh, say, social virtual reality? Um, I mean, it would be great if we could communicate with our families over video conference and have a real sense of being with them when we are out of town on a business trip or something. I mean, Aaron, is that a possibility or, or do we have that already? Well, we kind of have that right now with like Skype and FaceTime and all that good stuff. But uh, I think the thing that's uh, bringing uh, people, like bringing a new dimension to this, uh, so to speak, is um, uh, things like occipital with their structure sensor. So capturing the real world and in fully 3D and being able to send that over to your friends or uh, some of these other companies, I forget off, offhand, but they're doing facial capture and to recognize what your facial motion is doing and translating that into like an avatar. That opens a whole nother domain of having a social interaction, but it's by proxy. It's actually kind of playing out a different role, or playing out like a different character. And that's really fun. A lot of people like to make believe. And so we've, we've got this new way of playing make-believe um, in a social setting. And connected to that sort of virtual make-believe, uh, I think that virtual experiences uh, like Minecraft are going to really flourish in a virtual reality environment with, with social connections where people are not just interacting with each other in a virtual environment, but uh, interacting in some sort of collaborative uh, 
in engagement collaborative game. Wow. So like if you're reading a story to your kid at night, you could actually collaborate on the story and both being in that story kind of thing. Exactly. Wow. That would so be you're fantastic. both not just seeing each other, but seeing the same space and, and interacting and shaping it. That's really cool. Um, well, Aaron, I know your company focuses on medical um, industry. Um, what, what's the problem you try to solve? Um, be interesting to kind of look at different applications. Right. So, um, Conquer Mobile is developing a product called uh, Periopsim, um, and the Periopsim virtual reality experience is uh, really uh, targeting the. Uh, the experience building process of double scrubbing. So this is when a nurse or a tech is in the operating room and they, they have to build up their experience level in order to be really proficient with the surgeon that's doing the, a medical procedure. So the surgeon's working away and he needs a particular scalpel or a particular retractor type of device or some other thing. And so they call them out and they have all these like really long technical names, but a surgeon just needs... The, and it's funny, they just like, give me the clamp or give me the whatever. And it's, it's quite shocking how much they have to know. So what we're aiming to do is cut this experience building exercise of learning what the surgeon needs through a medical procedure. And we're trying to cut that in half. So if you could just put on the VR system and you could be in there with a, the surgeon going through their a, a pre-recorded um, surgical procedure and then we gamify a bunch of things so that we train for you to anticipate what's coming up next. We not only get you to be more clued into what's coming down the line and you can prepare for it, but we're also making you fully aware of being in the context of an operating room and uh, what's going on. So when you go to the actual operating room, you've got tons of this actual like practiced experience and it just feels totally seamless. You're now there and you're doing, you're describing the correct instrument, but you recognize the correct instrument um, because you've seen it before. Mm, wait, so is that why you need a virtual reality version of these as opposed to just the, um, say, a 3D version of it? Is it the interaction, the feel of actually being there? That, that yeah. Makes- so we're, we're using uh, a couple of tech technologies in uh, very pragmatic ways. One is just like a simple video recording of the surgical procedure. We put that video recording in a little box, position it over a virtual patient and a virtual table and a virtual surgeon that are 3D things that are that give you the sense of full immersion that you're actually there in the operating room. But then, you know, it's really easy to produce a little video of the surgical procedure. Uh, and then you can be present and feel like you're there in a real operating room, um, but you're in a virtual operating room and play through the, the procedure. So that kind of tackles the problem from two ends. It's helping um, people create content very easily because they just need a camera. Um, and it helps, uh, you know, bring somebody that's new into the operating room theater up to speed more quickly. Um, now, <clears throat> I wanted to really step it up with uh, a technology we built. Just We initially built it for fun, but it also kind of tackled the problem of, well, if you're going to go into an operating room, prob- chances are you're going to have some kinds of equipment and some sorts of things that are going to be unique to that operating room. Well, how do we get that into VR? Do you hire a 3D modeler, take a bunch of photos, do it that way? Um, that's really expensive. So we created this thing called Selfie Scan that lets you just go in and just start scanning a 3D object. And now you have a reference object you can now put into your simulation. And it's actually a 3D representation now in virtual reality of, ex- of the real object. So you really, you're talking about uh, the ability to customize? So you can customize your simulation, yeah. Interesting. Well, we have lots to talk about, but first, let's take a quick break. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lin for up-to-date business and innovation trends. Go to bizreinvention.com or follow me on Twitter at bizreinvention. We'll be back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of the curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, 
We help leaders at fast-growing companies develop the leadership capacity necessary to manage growth more effectively. Contact us today to learn more about our executive coaching services and leadership workshops. Call 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lynn at info at changeagentsf.com to transform your business and leadership with Change Agent SF. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Higher education faces lots of changes. If you're a student, educator, or in the workforce, you'll want to tune in to Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Your host, Dave Goldberg, and his guests will explore the innovations that higher education adopts as it reinvents itself. The world of higher education is constantly changing. Stay on top and stay ahead of the rest. Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Listen for new episodes every month on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. Now, back to Business Reinvention. So, Aaron, well, it sounds like you have an interesting product. Um, just like um, another quick question. So, do you get any analytics, um, you know, to learn about user experience and uh, ideas on how to uh, improve that? Like, do you do eye tracking or some sort of data to um, help you analyze um, the results of your design? We, yeah, we do gather a bunch of data. So, there's a lot of things that people give away about their behavior um, in a simulation, um, and some of it is uh, really is, is, is really basic kind of things like how much did you move? If you just moved a lot, you probably were hunting around for something, and you weren't really knowing what it was that you needed. People that are experts tend to move less because they they know exactly they're they're just more energy efficient about what they're doing. Uh, so those are really easy tells that we can gather up as analytics on the back end to just say, yeah, a person's mo- motion envelope was this much. Um, but we also just really simplify it down to a scoring scheme, and we have a back end for um, showing to the uh, um, the health educator that's in in a hospital or part of a schooling program. Uh, it, we just showed them what their scores were, and the scores were really built on principles of training for anticipation and correctness. Mm, so it sounds like this uh, feedback for designers as well as users. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really good. Okay, so Patrice, I know there are also other applications, um, you know, for sales or marketing. And in fact, I, I know your company has helped Blows develop an innovative 3D virtual demo to help customers design the perfect bathroom. I would have loved to have that when I was doing my renovation project. That sounds fantastic. Um, well, do we know if it helped a retailer increase sales? Yes, it helps shorten the sales cycle because shoppers can see what they're planning to do. They can see what cabinets look like next to flooring, next to walls. They can see it in uh, the real space uh, when it comes to things like Decking, we created an augmented reality app for decking company, AZEC, uh, and they can see what their deck would look like next to their house. So they can see what uh, something looks like at full size and when it's a large scale, high consideration purchase that helps them pull the trigger a lot faster when they can see it. Okay, so this might be a good example to actually explain um, the difference between augmented reality and uh, virtual reality. Yes, so virtual reality is a completely uh, immersive enclosed environment where all you see is the virtual world. Uh, Augmented reality, on the other hand, uh, involves the the real world that you see in front of you and often interacts, the the digital graphics interact with that world. Um, So our augmented reality apps um, read what we call a trackable image uh, and that allows it to 
scale things at 100% scale to show things at true proportions and at the correct angles that you would expect to see um, your your home in, in real life. Mm. So are there different um, design challenges um, for virtual reality versus augmented reality? Yes, there are things that you want to take into consideration uh, differently the way you would design an augmented reality app, you want to take into consideration how someone is viewing the, the real world in front of them, how, uh, how the 3D products look next to the, the real world products and what, what angles they appear at. Uh, virtual reality then has uh, none of those connections to worry about, but you really have to train users how to interact with those objects in, in the virtual world um, in a way that feels more natural, um, just tapping on an iPad or, or tapping on buttons on a phone. In the virtual world, you might be dealing with someone who needs to tap on the side of the virtual reality device uh, headset or that they need to interact with, with hand controls that Aaron mentioned. Um, so there are a number of different ways that they might be interacting. And because it's such new technology, uh, we build in sort of that in, intuitive training um, into the UI more so than we need to for, uh, for augmented reality that people are more used to. Mm, well, okay, so let's go back to the example of Lowe's um, or, or uh, other retailers that you have worked with. Um, I'm just curious, what have they uh, been learning from uh, augmented reality, uh, any consumer insights um, that they are gaining from, from these or just uh, interesting experiments for them? Um, it's, it's a little bit of both, um, but they've been able to see how people interact with the different collections. Um, one of the things about the visual commerce platform that we created is that uh, retailers like Lowe's can load uh, their products in and, and group them um, by, you know, a certain type of, uh, you know, coastal style or, you know, uh, different, uh, different textures grouped together, different uh, collections of products, brands. And so we're able to see if a customer loads in a certain collection but then changes out the sink um, and, and wants a different one. So they're able to see what... Um, which individual products on a granular level are customers reacting to and, and engaging with. Mm, that's really exciting. Um, and I think what's interesting about uh, virtual reality is also its ability to uh, create a unique experience for users um, and not just for education or entertainment purposes. Um, um, for example, North Face um, used virtual reality to create an experience for climbing Yosemite National Park to uh, deliver a unique brain experience. Um, so uh, I'd love to hear from both Aaron and, and Patrice. So do you guys think that this will become an advertising model for brands in the future, Aaron? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the experiential buying is uh, just kind of a, an immediate win for the Amazons of the world, right? It's, it, you know, if you want to get into a Tesla and get a sense of like how that, that you know, rocket ship like car experience feels you can kind of put the headset on and just have a seat in it and then have like a you know the adrenaline kick of this thing accelerating but you don't get the feeling of the actual car but at least you you get a sense of like how this thing would behave you know on a stretch and and it's just kind of interesting um the the bigger um experiential things is creating um, cultural experiences, recording what things will be lost in time. And I think that that will have uh, almost like a trans transcending experience for tourism um, because I, I think a lot of people miss out on some of the world's true experiences because it's all like through a pretty tight funnel of video or, and audio. And you know, we think that we were experiencing a lot with TV, but VR and the experiences we can bring when you feel like you're there and it's fully 3D, that's very different. That's Brands awesome. that are early into the space are, are really have a, an opportunity to define themselves as innovators uh, this year, especially. Brands like North Face, they were one of the first to get in and really did a, a great job of 
putting their brand at the center of a really powerful story about outdoor adventure. And, and you know, the people in the story are wearing North Face, but you don't, it's not uh, sort of an interruptive uh, presence. So they, they were able to connect, you know, what their brand really means in this really immersive way. And I, th- I think that's where the power of virtual reality comes across in these branded experiences. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to see in terms of development of, of this technology into um, advertising or branding um, instrument. Um, and Erin, I love your example of using this for a cultural experience. I love to travel. Um, I think that would have been awesome. Um, so I guess that also has implications for the camera industry, I, I would suppose. And maybe that's why um, Apple was suggesting that there actually a lot of uh, room for um, improvement for the iPhone. So um, I'm really curious to see uh, what is to come. Um, Patrice, I, I do want to uh, come back to you um, and continue the discussion about the retail um, usage of um, this technology. Um, well, the brick and mortar retailers are facing the challenge of how to lure customers into their stores uh, and virtual reality tools. Um, are they going to drive even more people to buy online or can can the tools help make the in-store experience more compelling and create something that's really unique and from the online experience? Yeah, I think the virtual reality and augmented reality tools, one can be used to make the in-store experience something that you can't get anywhere else. Um, and also they can really enhance the, uh, the in-store experience making retailers able to really maximize the footprint that they have so that they can display, um, you know, put a lot of thought into the products that they have on display and then have this virtual display that extends their catalog and shows all of the different configurations and textures and colors that, uh, you know, a certain cabinet or, or a certain fabric might come in so that they can maximize what they have physically and, and pair that with the digital experience, just really thinking about how their physical experience ties into, ties directly into e-commerce and virtual reality. I think the brands that are really winning in the space are the ones that can tie it all together into a seamless omni-channel kind of experience. Mm, great suggestion. Well, let's talk some more after the break. You're listening to Business We Invention with Nancy Lynn. You could also download our podcast from Voice America, iTunes, or Stitcher, or go to our website at bizreinvention.com for more information. We'll be back after these messages. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of the curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, we help leaders at fast-growing companies develop the leadership capacity necessary to manage growth more effectively. Contact us today to learn more about our executive coaching services and leadership workshops. Call 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lynn at info at changeagentsf.com to transform your business and leadership with Change Agent SF. Do you know how to tell a great story? In business, the stories you tell play a big role in your success. Whether you're trying to get more clients or influence people as a leader, storytelling will help you do it. Story Powered with Leanne Pico is here to help you activate your storytelling superpower to build a better business and achieve your goals and dreams. Story Powered can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. Now, back to Business Reinvention. So, all these things that we have talked about, all these applications sound really exciting. Um, but, Patrice, um, I would assume that these tools are not cheap. Um, are they affordable for small retailers? Um, you know, what's the implication for small businesses? I would say that a lot of the enterprise really powerful experiences are geared toward the the larger companies, um, the larger brands. But for uh, for smaller mom and pop shops, uh, brick and mortar um, retailers, local, um, I expect it to go the same way that that the web did, where you start with these large experiences, companies that are able to experiment and the DIY tools come along. So there, there are DIY tools out there uh, for these types of experiences that people can experiment with. And, uh, and you know, that lives, you know, side by side with the, the more powerful enterprise tools, depending on what companies need. Mm, Aaron, where are we on the DIY tools? Oh, it's uh, it's a pretty wild world we live in right now. Uh, there's a lot of Kickstarter campaigns around creating an open VR, um, the open source VR kind of world where you can 3D print your own headset and get some lenses and things. But then Google kicked it up a whole bunch of notches with cardboard. I mean, it's like a $2 VR kit that you could uh, drop your cell phone into and uh, have a virtual reality experience. It's hilarious. It's simple and it works for, you know, getting a a basic um, access point into uh, a stereoscopic 3D uh, experience. It's nothing like actual VR, uh, where I think that that's a very different experience. But, um, you know, it's a stepping stone towards people accessing it. Hmm. Well, now that you mentioned Google, let's talk about the ecosystem because it sounds like there are different players in this arena. Um, what are some of the emerging platforms and what are the pros and cons? Like, for example, I know Oculus uh, may, may launch an Oculus store. Uh, are there other competing ecosystems emerging, Aaron? Yeah, so there's Oculus store. Um, Sony has a, a serious game uh, capacity with this the Sony stores uh, online um, and the PlayStation catalog, and they're bringing uh, Project Morpheus to market in uh, spring, uh, I believe, spring 2016. Uh, then there's of course Valve, and Valve with their Steam platform and their relationships with all the game makers, they've got a huge amount of horsepower in in both like content distribution, managing all the issues with distribution of games and stuff, and also just being very accessible on the PC side of things. So if you have a home computer that's powerful enough to run games, you're probably going to have a home computer powerful enough to run VR. So that makes that's a fantastic storefront. Oculus is in kind of a catch-up mode. They need to build out a content catalog and a store and, and that sort of thing. And they have some early wins with uh, the Kickstarter backing and, the, and everyone kind of jumping on uh, the DK2 headset. So, so it's looking like we have three major fronts right now for um, VR content pipelines. Mm, well, it may be a little too early to predict uh, whose ecosystem will dominate, uh, but what do you think will be the key drivers for success in, in building the winning ecosystem in the space, um, Aaron? Yeah, I, I would say that the key factors for success is having the content there to that's real killer, absolutely must-have content. And uh, I've got a chance to play a game by Cloudhead Games uh, called Six Sense Gallery, or Six, uh, sorry, Six Elements Gallery. And uh, it's such a mind-blowing experience. It's a very, it's a super immersive experience. It really takes advantage of all the good, good things about the um, uh, Valve's uh, Lighthouse and HTC Vive uh, VR system, um, where you have controllers that are represent like hands that you can reach out and grab and play around and you're in such a rich environment it it sells the value of vr fully and so that's a system seller type of uh, of experience so we're you know i'm i'm maybe a little ahead of the curve on this one but <laughs> because i got to try it out uh, last weekend um but it really is those kinds of experiences will truly um 
put VR on a whole new platform for people, and then they will go and appreciate the expense. Like, like yeah, I think I'll buy that because I want those kinds of experiences. Hmm. Well, it's interesting you mentioned um, HTC. Um, Oculus uh, is known for its virtual reality headset, but even their CEO, Mark Cohen, believes that in the foreseeable future, um, he, he thinks the most common way for consumers to experience virtual reality will actually be um, mobile devices. Um, do you agree with that, Aaron? Mm, I kind of don't. I don't really agree with that. Um, the real thing you need for a good VR, like a real game-changing VR experience, is you have to have really good positional tracking to avoid motion sickness. And right now, cell phones don't really provide that motion tr- positional tracking uh, capability. And you also have to have um, this other issue with latency. You have to have that really controlled. Um, Samsung is currently the uh, head of the game, the furthest with the Gear VR. And their collaboration with Oculus is really important because um, people like John Carmack know the inner technical details to straighten out the kinks and make a good experience. And so that's what they're doing with Gear VR. Um, but even so, they need to solve the positional tracking issues uh, with that experience for people to fully adopt it. Otherwise, as soon as you have one bad experience, that gets magnified like nine times over a good experience. So uh, people will remember a bad experience and not want to try it again. Um, So we have to really watch it. And I think mobile, uh, you know, even cardboard is great. It's accessible. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the real good VR experiences that are going to be so much more important to really sell it to people Mm. and mass. I think the mobile phones um, need, better battery life or, or maybe more frequent refresh on the cell phones uh, before we can really make that, like you said, a great experience. Uh, Patrice, I also want to bring you into the conversation. Um, what's your perspective on the whole ecosystem development? It, I think that the, the experiences themselves are really going to drive people to reach out for different ways to get to them. And the most successful experiences we've seen so far are the ones that are available on a number of different platforms. Um, where someone can experience something in a store or at a live event and then also have it uh, on Google Cardboard or on an Oculus Gear VR. Um, So I I think that people will adopt this in a lot of different ways. Uh, First, most quickly with the phones that they already have. Uh, But then I I think that that more immersive uh, experience with, you know, latency is a problem and, and being able to, to track your position um, once, those, uh, once those wired in headsets become more available, I think people will, will adopt them pretty quickly. Mm. Well, Aaron, so far we haven't even talked about Apple. Um, what are they doing right now in this area and what we think that they will be doing? Uh, yeah, Apple's always kind of the... Uh Great big, uh, you know, ent- you know, object in the room. You're like, what? You know, I'm sure they've got something cooking under the hood. Um, Apple's kind of playing a, an interesting angle, and I really like the the angles um, that like we we've been playing with. So we have a we have a structure sensor. It's only going to run on iOS for the short time uh, that that uh, you know that's out for. Um, uh, it's it's going to get better, um, but the, so we, we're building virtual reality capture on iOS with Apple's side of the ecosystem. And uh, that's not going to change without like serious reworking by Occipital. So, um, so okay, so we're, we're playing with uh, VR capture on Apple's stuff. Apple just is releasing some iOS 9 beta uh, equipment. They've publicly announced their model I.O. And this, these are some really powerful computer graphics tools that we would use in something like virtual reality. Um, they even have in their documentation some stuff for stereoscopic cameras. And so I'm really hoping that something's kind of going to come out from them sometime soon. I, it's, it's early days yet. Who knows what they actually have cooking under the hood. But um, the other aspect, when you're thinking long-term about what do you engineer for? Well, 
the programming languages become a bit of an issue. Any programming language that utilizes something called garbage collection for its memory to clean up its memory is an issue because if you have garbage collection kick in and you skip a few frames, that's a real problem in VR. Um, so, so memory models are really important. And the only company that has a really good memory model is Apple with Swift and, um, and their way of, and their programming language Swift and Objective-C, but they use memory management called Arc. Um, and, these technologies are really fundamental to a good experience. So it's really weird. Apple's got all the right stuff. Oh, and plus, they also acquired a company called PrimeSense, which makes the a 3D sensor technology like the Microsoft Connect um, and all the patents that go with it. So they're really well armed to do something big. And Their acquisition of, uh, of Mateo this spring, I think, was a, a really big signal as well that they're looking at augmented reality and perhaps even looking at uh, a new device for virtual reality and augmented reality. That's what I think that they Absolutely. are working yeah. on is, is a completely new Apple device that I think could be the next you know, what comes after the smartphone, the iPad, the smartwatch is an Apple augmented reality or virtual, virtual reality device. Wow. <laughs> that, would <be> something? <laughs> that would be awesome. I, uh, I, I can't wait to see. Um, so, <laughs> since you have started on that, uh, so is that what you think the next generation of virtual reality products will look like? Um, what will we see five years from now, Patrice? Five years from now, I think. We will certainly see more different types of virtual reality devices, uh, ones that build on the way people are using them. You know, in the next year or so, uh, people you know will have virtual reality devices, and in the next couple years, everyone you know will have one. It it will start to become a part of everyday life. Uh, people will shop through the virtual virtual reality devices. Um, they will start to, as you mentioned, travel and see new places through virtual reality. Um, they will be able to collaborate differently on things. Um, you know, when they're, when they're shopping, they will be able to show people uh, across the country, here's what my new kitchen looks like uh, through virtual reality. So a lot of the things that we take for granted about shopping on the Internet will then be in 3D in experiential ways. Erin, mm, what does our future look like with uh, virtual reality? It's looking very good, uh, I think. <laughs> so we've got companies like Lytro and Jaunt that are experimenting with light field technology. And uh, this is going to be very important for capturing the real world in a way that's uh, photoreal. Like you should be able to whip out a camera, take a picture, but it would be a 3D picture. And we're seeing these technologies become real. There's some guys that are actually in Vancouver here that are using uh, like up to six connects uh, recording simultaneously to capture what's like a holographic recording. So it's cool. Some of this like holographic recording will be really big in the it, generating an experience. What does holographic mean? Uh, well, <laughs> there's the technical one of holographic. It's supposed to be all chemistry and light. But, um, but hologram in this sense is like the digital world of taking a 3D uh, video of everything from all angles at once and producing a 3D world. Mm, interesting. All right, let's take another break. You're listening to Business We Invention with Nancy Lind. We'll be back in two minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of the curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, we help leaders at fast-growing companies develop the leadership capacity necessary to manage growth more effectively. Contact us today to learn more about our executive coaching services and leadership workshops. Call 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lynn at info at changeagentsf.com to transform your business and leadership with Change Agent SF. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best. 
Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. Now, back to Business Reinvention. Wow, so Patrice and Aaron, you both painted a very exciting and uh, interesting dynamic future for us um, before the break. Um, right now the real and virtual worlds are mostly running along each, uh, alongside each other. Uh, do you think in the future that they will be very much integrated, Aaron? Um, so It's funny, I did a talk about um, uh, how human senses and perception will be will change over time. Um, you know, we have augmenting kinds of technologies like uh, your eyeglasses. They make your vision clear if you have poor vision. Uh, and we have binoculars that let you see further. Uh, well, there's no reason why digital technology can't step in to open our senses up in, a, in whole new ways. And this is where we get into more than just augmented reality of overlaying some stuff into your field of view, but where we actually transform your field of view in interesting ways. So some technologies where you can see a spectral uh, analysis of an object, you can tell that, hey, that apple is fresh because you can see it. You can actually see in the spectral colors uh, that you can't normally see and use, use the sensor technologies in that way. And that's where I think the um, future of, of uh, this augmented reality type of technology can go to truly super, you know, soup up our senses. Wow. Patrice, what do you think? I think the, the most powerful experiences are, are going to be ones that either completely transport us into something that, that is com- completely outside of our uh, experience or incorporates things about our, our real environment that, uh, that we would just like to edit or, or see differently. And, and I think that uh, a lot of those experiences and development can cross back and forth between virtual and augmented reality. Um, and the most powerful experiences I've seen are the ones that give people a sense of control over the, that environment. And so that's what I'm really looking forward to seeing is uh, where you can be in this uh, virtual environment and, and be able to really interact with it and change things and shape things. So do you mean that I, if I love to have a very expensive couch, but I can't really afford it, I could actually have virtual reality and bring them there. So I pretend like I have a very fancy living room, something like that. Exactly, and then you could change the couch every day. Interesting. Well, so what's your prediction in terms of you know the next uh, industry that would actually have a, a big uh, adoption? I mean, we have talked about the medical field, education, and even the military uh, is using virtual reality and uh, retail. We definitely touch on that. What do you think is the next um, industry that may have um, a lot of interest in virtual reality or a lot of applications, I should say, Patrice? Well, we're, we're definitely seeing a lot in retail and in manufacturing um, where people are able to see, design basically their, their own space and see it in front of them. Um, so solving problems, <clears throat> excuse me, solving problems like how, how do I know how this, this table might look next to these chairs or in my actual space. Um, so really, and anything that applies to the way someone would design their habitat. 
Mm, so maybe like industries with expensive or bulky items. Um, Definitely that- high, high consideration products and, and large scale products. Um, we're seeing that really start to save money for manufacturers and retailers with large objects or large uh, large equipment that you wouldn't want to ship across the country for someone to either train to use or uh, see before they buy. Mm. Um, so it's really changing the uh, the shipping uh, industry and the uh, live exhibit industry. Mm. I can definitely see that. Aaron? I think that um, a pretty transformative thing is kind of related to that where you have uh, – uh, a sense of what is the physical thing going to be like in your place, but without actually being there. That's solving a, a bigger set of problems of um, uh, cost of, of oil is going up. Uh, so cost of energy is going up. Um, and so and now we have an energy crisis that we have to consider. And so I think a fairly transformational thing that's, that's converging really quickly is remote presence uh, robotics. Um, where you'd actually put on the VR headset and you'd see through the perception of that, ro- that robot. But the problem that's been with remote presence robotics has been that if that robot moved, you would feel a sense of motion sickness. But we can decouple that now with these 3D cameras and these robotics. They can move around freely and then you can just kind of look through approximately where that robot is and that's okay. You can then instruct the robot by reaching out and grabbing and interacting with things as if you had your actual hands there, um, and the robot is able to follow along. And this is going to open up an entire new industry of training your uh, robots to do certain sets of tasks that are very easy for a robot to recognize and do um, in very scalable ways. And so now you're dealing with a whole new era of uh, robotics in a highly accessible form for anyone to participate and and work with. So when you start automating all of your economy through remote presence and robotics and artificial intelligence doing things for you, now we have to rethink our economy. Mm, that is wild. And that has given us a lot to think about. I want to thank both of you for the great insight. Thanks. Thanks for right, having welcome. Thank you for being with us. Um, and I want to also thank the audience for tuning in. And let's keep the innovation alive and accessible. Feel free to tweet me your comments at BizWeInvention. I hope you can join us again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time. Take care. We hope that you've enjoyed Business Reinvention with Nancy Lin. Please join us for another edition of our groundbreaking program next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. In the meantime, follow Nancy on Twitter at BizReinvention to keep up on the innovation trends and information about our next show. Or go to BizReinvention.com for more business insights. That's B-I-Z Reinvention.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.